0: Father God, we thank you that your word is alive and active, more powerful uh, than anything else we can imagine. Uh, Lord, we just pray now for Jude that you will anoint her Lord with your spirit, that her words will be your words, uh, and that you will build us up, that you will encourage and strengthen us. So bless Jude, now we pray in Jesus name. Amen: Amen. the microphone.: <coughs> Good morning. Very obedient. Assembly. So this morning, as we've just read, we're in John chapter eleven. So we're in the end of a short series in the Gospel of John, looking at some of the characteristics of Jesus. And this morning, we're looking at Jesus brings life. Now that's a huge, fundamental truth to the Christian faith that Jesus is capable of bringing life. That he is the resurrection and the life, that his words have power. And for us, reading this, we've heard the end of the story of Lazarus. We know it ends with Lazarus coming back to life. For people just reading the gospel, if they'd read the little passage before, the beginning of chapter 11, they'd know the end of the story. Jesus makes quite clear He intends to go and raise Lazarus from the dead. For those of us who are Christians or know the gospel, we know that that Jesus then dies on a cross and himself is resurrected. So when we hear, I am the resurrection and the life, we, we know that, we know the ending. And many of us will have stories in our own life of where we have thought things dead and Jesus has brought them back to life. But we need to remember when we read stories like this, stories about real people, that the people in this story, Mary and Martha, the people watching on, didn't know the end of the story. They'd heard Jesus' words, they'd seen some of his miracles, but they don't know the end of the story. And so as we look at this passage, we can learn from some of their reactions because we, although we do know the truth that Jesus brings life, we don't know the end of our own story. We don't know the end of the chapter that we're in. And so we can learn from their reactions. And before I get into the passage, I just want to stop and think about what we mean by Jesus bringing life. So this story is about very literal human death and resurrection. And for some of us, that will feel really relevant. But for many of us, there might be other situations that, as we read the passage, as I'm speaking, that maybe God's Spirit, who speaks to us today, is stirring up in you um, an area, a situation that seems dead or dry, where Jesus wants to bring life. That might be a relationship. It might be a hobby that you had let go of. It might be an opportunity. It might be an area of your kind of mental or physical health. As I was praying and preparing for this, I felt like God said that maybe there are people this morning and the area that seems to have gone dead is actually your relationship with Jesus, your prayer life, that spiritually... You feel like things have gone dry and a bit dead. So let God's Holy Spirit speak to you and have in mind maybe an area of of your life or of you know, the world of our community that God maybe wants to speak to you about how He can bring life there. So in this in this passage, it's a really lovely passage, um we come to meet Martha and Mary. Now, those of you who are familiar with the Gospels will know Martha and Mary. There's the kind of famous Martha and Mary story where Jesus is at their house. Martha's getting everything ready and comes to say, what is Mary doing? She's sitting at your feet. She's in the area that really only men go to sit at their feet and learn. And she's there. She's a woman. What is she doing? I'm doing all the jobs. And Jesus says, you know, Mary's choosing what is right. She's allowed to learn and be my disciple. And then we see in Martha and Mary and their relationship with Jesus, um, a relationship that is discipleship, is them learning from Jesus, really taking what he says seriously, quite often grasping things on a level that maybe the 12 disciples aren't. They're also his friends. So they know Jesus, they've seen his miracles, they are learning about his teaching, but they also know him as just a friend, as a carpenter, just a man who's said incredible things, who's doing incredible things. And we find them now in a situation of unimaginable grief, not just an emotional grief, pain, but I don't know what their situation was, but I would imagine that for two sisters whose brother has died, there would be real social and economic implications to this death, as well as just the emotional loss of a brother. And we find Jesus on his way to see them. Jesus is heading to Bethany, heading to their home, knowing that Lazarus was sick and has now died. And he's heading there with no apparent sense of urgency. Maybe already there are things that are resonating about situations in your life where you feel like Jesus is acting with no apparent sense of urgency and you're impatient for him. And so Martha comes out to see Jesus. And she finds him, she finds her friend because If you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. There's a deep faith there, a belief that Jesus can do anything. I don't know what Martha believes about what Jesus will do, but she believes that he can do anything. And Jesus said, your brother will rise again. Martha said, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied, I believe. That you are the Messiah, the Son of God who has come into the world. And I find Martha in this passage really inspiring because she's got these kind of quite huge fundamental truths that Jesus has got huge power and can do whatever he wants to do. But she still moves towards him. She still goes to ask him. And I wonder whether for some of us, faced with difficult situations, we, we know the truth that Jesus can bring life. We know the truth that Jesus can do anything. But maybe we use it as an excuse to not act. To just sit and wait. Because we know that God can do anything. But Martha goes to Jesus and talks through those beliefs with him. I know that you can do whatever you ask. I know that Lazarus will come to life on the last day. And for us, we might have our, our truths that we believe, are fundamental Christian truths, that God is faithful That he loves us. But it's not enough to just know them. That in each situation, particularly difficult situations, we need to move towards Jesus and say to him, I believe this, but what does that mean now? What does that mean in this situation? And many of you have been Christians for a lot longer than me, but in my 20 years of following Jesus... I've probably only really learnt about four or five lessons, but I learn them again and again and again, in different circumstances, in different ways. And in the same way that in our human relationships, we don't not bother telling people that we love them, because, you know, we've, we've mentioned that previously, see other anniversary cards for details, I shall continue to have deep love and affection, unless I, you know, inform you otherwise. That's not how we work in relationships. That's not how it should work in relationships. But we affirm those truths, that we love you, that we're proud of you. And we affirm them again and again in different situations. And Martha goes to Jesus and has this conversation and he affirms again, I am the resurrection and the life. And invites her to say, do you still believe this? And she says, yes, I believe. One of my favourite things to do with my husband, John, is we love praying for people. We'll go and visit people and pray with them, or people come to us and we pray with them. For specific guidance, or just generally, and I don't have any stats, maybe I should start collecting them, I'd like to do a pie chart, of what Jesus says in those times of prayer. But the vast majority isn't specific guidance for people, it's not, do this, go there. With this. Take this job. That the things that Jesus seems to want to say to people again and again is the truth of who he is and truth of who we are. And so when we go to Jesus in difficult times, he doesn't say to Martha, chill out, it's fine, give me 20 minutes. He just affirms again, I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe? Jesus wants us to learn those truths again and again. And again, in different situations. And if we feel like God's teaching us something in a situation, it doesn't mean that we didn't know it before, but that we need to learn it differently for that season, for that situation. And so then Martha goes off to get Mary, who hasn't come out to Jesus, goes to fetch her um, to come and see Jesus. And she greets him with similar words, Lord, if you had been here... My brother would not have died. There's a sense of anger. And what I find fascinating and deeply, deeply moving is Jesus' reaction to this. That when we are frightened, when we are grieving, and we say to Jesus, why didn't you do something, and we are... We are sad and weeping, That Jesus' reaction is one of compassion. He doesn't rebuke Mary for her anger. I read it, she was angry, maybe, maybe she wasn't. But there's no rebuke, it's just compassion. Jesus saw her weeping, and the people around her weeping, and he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see. And then Jesus weeps. The Jews say, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? That some people are reading his compassion as a lack of power. Or that he just didn't care enough to actually do something. And how many times do we hear or feel that Jesus' lack of action means that he doesn't care. Or we read compassion in others as well, they don't really believe in what God's doing. But Jesus' reaction to our pain is compassion. Jesus knows the ending. I don't know what the time frame is, but in you know, maybe a matter of minutes, Jesus knows he's gonna call Lazarus out of that tomb. Jesus knows the ending but he still weeps. There's still a deep compassion. There's no I told you so, there's no wait and see, not to those people who are in that, that deep place of pain and suffering. The only thing that I can compare this to in my life that I could think of is when I took my children, I've got three children, for their various immunisations. I've lost count of how many they've had. But between the three of them, the various jabs that they've had, I don't think any of them have cried for more than about a minute. And I believe very strongly, as a pharmacist, that those immunisations protect my children, that they protect the community, and I know that they're not going to be in pain in a minute. But it's still really troubling to watch them go through that. And I don't know whether that's where Jesus is, but Jesus knows that in the great perspective of things, the pain that we're suffering now is, is just a blink of an eye. But he's still moved with compassion when he sees us um, grieving. When he sees love manifested in grief. And then so Jesus once more deeply moved came to the tomb and said, take away the stone. And then Martha's reaction, again, is really interesting. But Lord said, Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time, there is a bad odour for he has been there for four days. So I wonder what Martha was wanting Jesus to do. She doesn't seem to, she seems quite hesitant about this. Maybe what Martha actually wanted was for Jesus to have been there four days earlier. And I can certainly think of times in my life when I'm praying for Jesus to do things, but what I actually want is for him to have done something different before. So Martha is quite hesitant. And I find this passage really challenging for me, this bit, Martha's reaction. Because I wonder... Whether sometimes we pray and pray for Jesus to bring life. Maybe there are people who we want to become Christians. Maybe we're praying diligently for the work at the prison. But when it comes to it and Jesus says, roll away the gravestone, we're actually quite nervous of what's behind that. We as a church are praying for the prison. Are we ready for those men to follow Jesus and come out and want to be involved in the church? Are we ready for the people around us at work to start following Jesus, to come to church and maybe change it? Are there situations that we're asking Jesus to bring life, but what we really want is for Jesus to bring back order? Are we ready for stuff to get messy when Jesus brings life? So it is a wonderful truth that Jesus brings life. But if you want an ordered, tidy life, I would not suggest bringing life into it. As I said, I've had three children. Ask anyone who's had children, or fostered, or ever had guests, or a puppy. Life brings mess. And smells. There's work to be done. There's grave clothes to be unwound. And so I do believe that we should expect Jesus to bring life. His words have authority and power. When he says, "Lazarus, will come out, the dead man comes out. So when we're asking for Jesus to speak with authority into situations of death and dryness, we should expect that to happen. But we shouldn't expect that that will make our lives necessarily more straightforward. That in life, is mess and smell and work. But there's also love and joy and hope and things that make it so worthwhile. So just to recap, like Martha, we need to approach Jesus to ask what those truths mean for us now. Like Mary, we can come with more emotion knowing that Jesus will react with compassion. And we need to think very seriously about what we're asking for if we ask Jesus to bring life. Because we will not be more in control of things and there'll be work to do. I just wanted to share very briefly a little bit about what this looks like in my life at the moment. So... um, it's a relatively unimportant situation relative to death and life and that sort of thing. But as some of you will know, I used to work as a pharmacist at St. hospital. And then four or five years ago now, I felt that God was calling me out of that and calling me to lay down my career. So I, I did. And I left pharmacy and I cancelled my registration and I couldn't see myself ever going back. I went to a house of bread for a couple of years I've had a brilliant couple of years there, and then I've been doing different things in the community since. And in October, just a few months ago, I really clearly felt God said, it's time to wake that up and bring that back to life. And I'd love to chat through, if anyone wants to know what that, when I say I heard God say what that means and what that looks like and how I tested that, please come and chat, because I'd love to chat that through with you. But I felt that God was showing that. And so I've been in the process of letting God call to life something that I thought was dead. And it's really exciting. But there's a lot of work to be done. I've got to re-register, and I've already had that turned down twice. I've done work experience, but I've been trained by people on work experience that I trained eight years ago when they were um, junior pharmacists. It's really humbling, and it's really hard. And I don't know what the ending is. I don't know whether my registration will ever come through. I don't know if I'll get a job. I don't know why God's called back to life. But I'm sure he has. And I'm excited to see what that life looks like. I don't know what impact that might have on my family or other stuff that I'm doing. But I'm trying to let God call it to life. And I'm excited to see what that looks like. But it's certainly messy. And there's work to be done. There's grave clothes that unwind. And I will keep you up to date. But I wanted to share that because I'm still in the middle of that story. Maybe in a year I'll be able to tell you you know, the next chapter of it. But we don't know the end of the chapter. We don't know the end of the story. But we can still go to Jesus and know that he'll treat us with compassion. Let's pray. Jesus, if this was the only passage in the Bible, I think it would make me want to give my life to you. Your kindness and your compassion and your power and your authority shine through. Jesus, help us to come to you honestly. Help us to come to you with courage. Help us to be brave and ask you to bring things to life. Help us, give us the strength to roll away the gravestone and the diligence to take off those grave clothes. Thank you that we don't do this on our own, but your spirit lives in us and we do it as a community. Amen.